The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. this awesome promotion with bacon for life somebody's gonna win bacon for life literally bacon for life and with that welcome bacon to nascar life, america motor bacon mouth for life. we're always literally. hungry for some bacon, bacon. kyle petty here for you with motor mouth eric almarola and mr bacon himself in the house what's up yes. man Good to see you. Yeah, glad to be here. Good. Bacon for Life is a great thing. How many times have you seen that clip, by the way? A lot. And, la- <laughs> and this uh, this Daytona in February, I actually got to uh, deliver. Oh, did you really? The free Bacon yeah. for Life to Jim from Arkansas. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Was he happy to have Why Bacon not? for Life? How does that happen? You well, Bacon for a Razorback fan. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was a, a little bit of a production, but. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. don't have to store it necessarily, do you? No, oh, here, it is. here it is. You get there it delivered. Right there. there it is. Look at yeah. you. Looks like Publishers Clearinghouse. <laughs> That, it I'm was kidding. Me- I'm joking. Ma- I'm joking, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was meant to have that feel. But. Look at all so that bacon. We gave him as much bacon oh as he could gosh. store in a deep freezer. And then yeah. we gave him coupons. But then there's a there's an issue with coupons Uh-oh. because uh, you can only give coupons for a certain length of time. Yeah, yeah. So then you have to give him the monetary value of what the rest of bacon Whoa. for life would be. So. Yeah. Jim, ah, so he wound up for Jim very, <laughs> very well. But he got a lot of bacon. Yeah, that's cool. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So on to racing, by the way. Top 10 for you at Daytona. Yep, yep. Nice top 10. I'm assuming you would rather have it gone back to racing, though, actually. I would have liked to see what my chances were. Yeah, I would have liked to have gone back to racing yeah. and, and seen if I could have uh, gotten up there and raced for the lead. But uh, we had some damage on our car um, from a wreck earlier in the race. And at one time, we were a little slow on speed. But... The, uh, the pit crew did a really good job of getting it fluffed and buffed, and, and we got our speed back, and that was right when that big wreck happened. So I would have been interested to see if we could have got up there and raced with those guys. How many cars didn't have damage? <laughs> that's a great I question. Mean, yeah, that, that's honestly, my thing there at the end. I walked down that grid. Yeah, that we, I mean, every yeah. car was damaged. We looked, looked like. at that. I think the 24, the 48, uh, maybe the 13, and the 34. There was only four yeah. or five cars that yeah. didn't have damage. Yeah. They had clean race cars. So um, mm. I felt like... I felt like it would have been interesting. When the pack gets smaller like that, though, when all those cars have damage, um, it, it, it is a lot harder to create runs yeah. and, and make moves and stuff yeah. just because there's less energy in the pack. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I don't even know if, if it would have mattered, but um, I, I would have liked to see what we could have done. Well, Eric is going to be with us for the entire show. Here is our starting grid for today's show. And speaking of Daytona, was Justin Haley's win the biggest upset in NASCAR history? Shocking, but I know Kyle has an opinion. So I'm, I'm shocked you have an opinion, Kyle. I can't believe you're shocked. <laughs> is Kentucky underrated as a wild card race as we start to close out the regular season? Eric knows about turn three there. It'll get you, right, Eric? It can. It can. <laughs> and the state of Stuart Haas Racing, winless in 2019, but getting better. We'll chat with Eric about those topics and many more things today on Motor Mouse. And, of course, we want to hear from you guys, 844-NASCAR-1888. 
NBC. So Eric, let's start right there. The state of Stuart Haas Racing. So if I told you in February, walking into the, the gates at Daytona, sitting on July 10th, Stuart Haas Racing would have no wins, yeah. what would you have told me? I would have told you you're full of crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, just Succinct. coming off of last year with 14 wins, um, you know, every single 14 wins, and honestly, should have been probably 22, yeah. 23. I mean, there was there was weekends where we would run one, two, three, four, and one of our cars would not win. Yeah. Uh, Loudon, Dover, those are Chicago. Those are just a few to to name that we didn't walk away with a trophy from Stuart Haas Racing, where at one point one of our four cars was leading the race and kind of dominating the the race. So um, going into 2019, I felt like we all had the confidence that uh, we would pick right up where we left off. But there's a lot new going into 2019, and and. There's ebbs and flows to our sport, as you guys yeah. know from covering the sport for a long time and being involved with it, that uh, our sport is very cyclical. And, and you, the teams that are down, you can't always just say they're going to be down. And the teams that are up, you can't always just say they're going to be up. If we go back to, to uh, not 18, and the winner of 17, uh, Brad Keselowski said, we're gonna we're gonna be terrible in eighteen. Yeah. We're, we're just gonna be terrible. The Fords yeah. are going. They, they can't do anything. Right. The Fords came out strong in eighteen. Now you do have a different package. Has that package unbalanced what you guys learned for for eighteen? Is that because you you do have speed? Yeah. But there's you're not closing like you did. Well, I think I think it's there's a lot of factors that really go into it. We got we came out with a new car with the new Ford Mustang, yeah. which um, you know mind you, was built in the submission process was built for the old rules package, yeah, right? So exactly. everything was submitted to NASCAR based on it going to be the old rules package. And then, um, you know, right when it's coming down to it, was like, oh, hey, we got a new rule package. By the <laughs> Welcome, to NASCAR. Yeah. Welcome to so, NASCAR. Um, so you have that. And then, you know, just this the sheer fact of having a yeah. new rules package, there's, there's a new learning curve. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've thought a lot about that and, and even talked a lot about it very openly and publicly. Last year, for me specifically, I was new to Stuart Haas Racing. Yeah. I was new to the organization. You know, My crew chief, John Klossmeyer, was new to being a crew chief. There was a lot of newness. Yeah. So we had to just build from ground zero. We had to build a notebook and, and start from scratch. And I really feel like this year is so similar to last year. I feel like we're right back at ground zero. There's a new rules package. Yeah. We have a new car. Um, and so while yet me and Johnny are not new working together yeah. and the team is, is established, there's so much other stuff that's new that we don't have any notes on. So we're starting at ground zero again, building a notebook. Yeah. And I, I think last year, the second half of the season, when we had that first half to look back on and, and kind of yeah. use those notes, mm -hmm. we really excelled the second half of the season. And I expect to do the same this year. So we talked before the show and keeping the, the no wins in mind across the company, I asked you what grade would you give the, the organization? And your answer yeah. surprised me. Yeah. So tell the folks at home what the answer would be. Yeah, I'd give us an A minus, uh, maybe a B plus, but a few brownie points from the teacher get you up to <laughs> A minus. So um, yeah, I, I think... We're not, last year we were A plus. Yeah. Um, sure. You know, hand, hands sure. down, For A plus. Sure. I mean, every weekend we showed up to the racetrack, you knew you were going to have to race a Stuart Haas racing car to, to win the race. Um, this year, we're there. We're, we're in contention. We lead laps, we run up front, um, but not consistently. Yeah. Um, the speed is there, the effort is there, the desire is there. Like, that's the thing that's so hard about our sport is that. 
nothing's really changed on our side. Yeah. You know, the same people in the organization, same, you know, same effort, same want to, same desire. Yeah. And yet we have less trophies and less, ban- less yeah. banners hanging up in the shop. Yeah. And that's the hard thing is, is that you got all those people working in the shop and putting in all the effort. And last year, it seemed like at least every other week they were getting patted on the back and, and thanked and, and reaping the benefits of all the effort. And then now you go into this year and we're, we're in you know week 18, 19, 20, yeah. and those pats on the back aren't coming as, as often, and it, it's hard. Well, of course, this show is about you guys, so we want to hear from you. And as always, look, the lines are jammed, number one. Yes, they are. You can see they're all jammed. But Carl keeps his undefeated streak alive. First call of the day, KP. Carl, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are y'all doing? But I'd even be better if I had bacon for life. So Eric, you need to be up for <laughs> That's a great point, Carl. Or something, hit me up. No, seriously, Eric, this, my question for you is kind of what you touched on. As we approach these tracks that we've already been to this year and the notebooks that you have compiled up, obviously you want to win every weekend, but these tracks, as we go back to them, do you feel that that's really a good chance for you to strike and get into victory lane? I do. So, Carl, first of all, they told me you were going to be the yes, first Yes, we told him, Carl. We warned him. Yeah. We warned him. So, so this is not a surprise to me. Um, sec- secondly, you can have bacon for life. It's at, it's at your local grocery store, I promise you. That's a sales pitch. Yeah. So, uh, and then lastly, uh, to answer your question, yes, I do. I feel like uh, going back to a lot of these racetracks for the second time and you know, really compiling all the data we've learned from the first half of the season – you know, it takes a while. It's a it's a big machine at, at Stuart Haas Racing, working on um, you know four race teams, trying to build eight race cars every single weekend, a primary and a backup for four cars um, for four teams. It, it's it's a lot of work that goes into it. And so, if you're going down a path, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, we need to go this way. That is really hard to just change directions. It takes time. So big boat. I think I think as we've gone through the first half of the season. We've we've been to a lot of different racetracks, two mile racetracks, mile and a half, short tracks, and I feel like we've collected a lot of data and things that we've done good, things that need improvement, and, and things that need a lot of attention. And we've been able to understand that and, and start going to work on in those areas. And so I feel like going back to these racetracks uh, will certainly be better, like we were last year for for the ten teams specifically. And one thing that I feel good about personally and and with our ten team is that. We are in exactly the same position that we were in last yeah. year. Um, That's a good point. And, and, about yeah, that. and yeah. so um, you know, we were tenth in points leaving Daytona last year. We're tenth in points yeah. right now, um, and and have more top tens and a yeah. higher average finish. So I feel like we're we're performing where we need to perform based on based on where we're at as an organization. And that I feel like when we turn that corner here for the second half of the season and, and, and we start going back to some of these racetracks that we have notes and stuff on, um, that we'll, pe- we'll perform like we did last year. Okay. Let's move over Good. to Rusty from Connecticut. Er- uh, Rusty, what's your uh, question for Eric? Hey, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, Good, Eric, uh, you're 10th place in the points. How confident are you right now just getting into the playoffs without a win? 
Well, last year we did it. Um, last year we were in the same exact position and, and we were able to get into the into the playoffs. Um, it's never a good feeling to, to be this deep into the season and, and every race uh, when the checker flag falls, you, you, you get back to the airport and you're sitting on the airplane waiting to take off. And the first thing the crew chief and the driver and all the people <laughs> on the team do is look at the points. Yeah. I mean, that's what we all do. We want to know where we're at in points. Um, leaving that racetrack. And so it certainly takes all of that anxiety out when you win. You don't have to yeah. worry about that anymore. You know you're locked in and you can start to focus on the playoffs. But we feel good about the position we're in. We certainly want to win a race and, and take that uh, burden off. Uh, but that's the position we're in. And, and I feel like we're um, accustomed to it from last year. And I think, um, you know, we're, we're not we're not super worried, but we're not super yeah. confident either. I, I've learned in this sport that you can't take anything for granted, and you still got to go fight for every point every week. Yeah, just remember this, Rusty. When and you're in, and we don't race for points anymore. Okay, that's the way it works. It's oh, no, that's points. not true. Yeah. Right? It's all about it's points. All about points. About I'm, kidding. Right. I'm kidding. Hey, you know, I like, obviously, where Harvick is, and, and you are, but to, to Rusty's point, you look at your other two teammates, and, boy, they're one's below the cut yeah. line, one's right at it. Right. So how does that work in a four-car operation? Is there... A helping hand to say, boy, we got to get them in, or do you just worry about your own program? No, I think it's really a holistic effort. I mean, we 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 go to the racetrack every single weekend trying to get the best out of all four cars, um, and that's not changed. And I think when you look back at last year, you saw that, and it, and at times this year, um, you know, at times this year, just because we're going through this learning process with the new rules package and this new Ford Mustang, there's been times where we've gone to the racetrack in completely different directions yeah, yeah. set up wise yeah, car build wise yeah. but it's all in an effort to come home back to the shop yeah. with with data and and learning to move the whole to, team to forward, move the whole team forward. Yes. it's not hey this guy's doing this because and nobody else knows about it we're yeah. all we're all very open notebook we That's all good. know what each other has and it's it's for the greater good of the whole race race team so i think from that approach there, there's really no favoritism in the shop or anything like that it's really about we want all four cars in yeah um, but at the same time, you know, the 10 teams priority is, is the 10 team. Um, and the fours team priority is the four yeah. team. But you know, when we sit down and we debrief and all those things, it really is, Hey, what's wrong with your car? Well, Hey, we did this. We were fighting that same problem. We did yeah. this and it made our car better. So you should probably look at that for next practice. Those kind of things I feel like are what we do to, to yeah. try and make sure everybody's on the same page. It's amazing. 20 weeks into the season, everybody's still learning, Kyle, trying to get yeah. better for the playoffs. Sure. And the Eric team in a good position to get there for them in 2019. Well, coming up, where does Justin Haley's shocking win at Daytona rank among the all-time sports upsets? Plus, our 50 states in 50 days tour heads west to the Treasure State. Where's that, Kyle? No idea. <laughs> Montana. Come on. No idea. I'll prompt you. You can read it. And we want to hear from you. <laughs> Call us at 844-NASCAR-NBC or tweet us with the hashtag, let me say this. So Justin Haley right now is leading this race on 4th of July weekend at Daytona. A non-cup regular could win this race. Because of the storm in the area, the lightning in the area, a red flag has been displayed on the field. There's your winner. Justin Haley has won his first ever Monster Energy Cup Series race. The stars aligned and to come back and get redemption in the Cup Series is, is pretty cool. And it's, it's just unreal. I don't know how to feel. 
Well, Justin Haley's win on Sunday wasn't the first time Dana, Daytona has seen a surprise. Trevor Bain, Derek Cope, Greg Sachs. You remember all those, don't you, Kyle? Sure do. All right. I do. All right. Well, I'm how about every one of those races? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Just about, about every one of them. How about some of these other surprises? Regan Smith winning the Southern 500. Ron Bouchard at Talladega. I can throw a few more in there as well. Phil Parsons. Lenny Pond. Throw what you want, man. Throw okay. It. Jamie McMurray in a second throw start. Em. Throw them. All right. Well, what's the what's the is that the biggest upset in NASCAR history? Okay. Or not? So I went to the source. Uh, I went. I went to okay. the king. I went to the king last night. Okay. So I'm like, is this the biggest? And he said, okay. Now we can go back in the 50s. We can go back in the early 60s. Maybe there were there were some that you could argue, but if we're gonna go modern era, this is the biggest, according to him. Not. And I'm, I'm channeling Richard Petty here. Okay. Not <laughs> Justin Haley, but the car, the team. Okay. That's okay. not a team that could have, should have, would have won a race. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Justin Haley had proved he knew how to run restrictor or plate races. Yeah. Run second there in the Xfinity Series the year before. Run second there on Friday the night. night. Before, yeah. he, you can't put that on the driver. So the driver experience-wise, but when you compare the car that he was in to Ron Bouchard's car, to Regan Smith's car, when they, when, if we're gonna compare them to those upsets, the car's not even in a class with those cars. And that's not a knock on that team, and that's not, that's just where that team is at. Cause you're saying, so I'm saying it's the biggest upset. You're saying in those races, Ron Bouchard, Phil Parsons, those guys ran well enough to deserve yeah, a win. Yeah, and they had, they had good enough equipment to win the race, okay? We heard Steve Letart say on air at Daytona, you know, they say 36 cars can win a race or whatever, and he's like, you know, I'm saying only 28 or 30 can. And on Monday at this same desk, he said they weren't in my 28 or 30. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's, and that's right. my that's my point. Right. It's not the driver. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I, and I, I'm going to say this about the driver, and I, I I compare this. Joey Logano won his first race in New Hampshire in a fluke. Mm -hmm. Okay, rain because the pitted and the rain and all that stuff. If Joey had never backed that up, that would be a huge fluke. Okay, if Justin Dutton, as a driver, come back and back this up in an Xfinity car and a Cup car at some point in time, then we can look at it and say, okay, totally, right. it, it's a it's yeah. a big upset and it's a fluke. But Justin has potential, and so does the team. But Justin has the potential, I think, as a driver to go on to do great things. Well, we want to hear from you guys. Was the Haley win the biggest upset in NASCAR history? So we want to hear from you as well, Eric. What do you think? Well, the king was my boss for six years, <laughs> and I learned never to argue with the king. That's a great point. When That's he a said, great point. When he said, put more caster in, we put more caster in. When, he said, when he said, put more right rear spring in, yeah. we put more right rear spring in. Yeah. So he messed king, up my career, too. If the king says that this is the biggest upset in modern yeah. era, then I believe him. And, 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 his his reasoning is for everybody out there, and I get I totally the, get it. I I, I, agree. The, I agree. The equipment, not the if driver, you, the equipment. If you would have probably went back and just looked at raw speed from practice, yeah. that car is probably over a second slower yeah. just on raw speed mm. alone. Um, yeah. So yeah, you would you would not circle that car and highlight it and say that car might have a yeah. chance to win. And that's not that those guys don't work just as hard that's as exactly your guys sure. or anybody else that's to prepare exactly the right. car. They're just in a different place. That's right. 
in the model. Yep. Well, and, and you've been in Justin's shoes a little bit because yep. you were in that same exact scenario, rain win, your right. first win at yep. Daytona. So you, you understand a little bit how he feels. And I cherish yeah. that one just as much. That's <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's yeah. exactly. And that's what your point was after the race. That's a win. Hey, I can tell you what. That trophy sits in the trophy case just as nicely as the one that, <laughs> is the one that you win without rain. Yeah, we said the same thing. You line up, everybody's on equal ground. Everybody, nobody's right. won the race yet. Okay, you've got to run the race to find the winner. And everybody that lines up on pit road before they throw the green flag yeah. has a shot and has a chance. Everybody had a shot. And as I've said to everybody, everyone in the field had the opportunity to make yep. the same exact decision yep. the 77 made that won them the race. By the yeah. way, his odds anywhere from 101 to 1,000 to one. Yeah. So that would have yeah. been a... Not a, not a bad bet. Anybody had that opportunity to not pit right there and, right, take that exactly. and take that yeah. chance on going back green and not having enough fuel to make it to yeah. the end. But all the cars that thought they had a shot to win the race rolled down pit yeah. road and made sure they had yeah. enough fuel because we were in our fuel window to yes. make it to the end of the race. So everybody came down and was like, man, if we go back green and it goes green from yeah. here to the end, we're going to have to pit. Yeah. They, they rolled the dice and took that gamble, and that gamble paid off yeah. for them. Let's go to Cody from Pennsylvania and get his thoughts. I um, wanted to chat with Eric as well. Cody, what's going on today? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good, man. Good. Um, I, was, I had a question for Eric. What's it like working for both the King Richard Petty and now for Tony Stewart? And what's the best advice you, you have received from both of them? Yeah. So uh, Two Hall of Famers, by yeah. the way, as of January. Yeah. yeah. So... I'll say that there's a lot of similarity in both. And, and the one thing that is, is the most striking, easily noticeable similarity is that they're both just hardcore racers at heart. Like they eat, sleep, and breathe racing. Like you go to the king's house, and he's either going to be watching an old country western yep. or something, <laughs> or something, or something re revolving around racing. Yeah. And you're going to find him at a racetrack. Um, it's odd when you show up to the racetrack and he's not there. Like when we were in Daytona and he was at Goodwood, but he's at Goodwood doing something with racing. Race cars. Right. Um, yep. Tony Stewart, hardcore racer, diehard racer. You look up racer in the dictionary, his picture's there. Sure. Race anything, anywhere, anytime. Um, always at a racetrack, always, you know, always doing something revolving around racing. And so, and, and then both of them being race car drivers, they understand you as the race car driver driving for them at the team. They understand when you're struggling with this or that on the racetrack. They understand when you're struggling with something just internally at the team. They've, they've been there, yeah. done that with all those things. So um, They understand that sometimes you wish they didn't. Because <laughs> you can't lie to <laughs> them. Right. You can't lie to them, man. That's exactly right. So <laughs> I, I, I've, I've really enjoyed that. And then as far as the best advice, I think both of them um, you know, are very similar in the fact that they're just like, Go race. Just yeah. go race. Just yeah. go do it. You know, there's there's one there's one side about talking about it, and there's the other side about going and doing it. Yeah. And both those guys are very much just go do it. Could be the opposite. You could work for a businessman who doesn't understand racing, right. and and that would not be good. Yeah. That would be the other side of it. Well, I I think th those sides have been successful yeah. too. That's a good point. That's <laughs> a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Bob from Pennsylvania. What's on your mind, and what do you have for Eric today? Hey guys, hope you have a good night. And Eric, I'm a big fan of yours for a long time. Um, which track coming up, Kentucky or the next few races? Which track do you think your team could have a good chance of coming up on top and winning your race, first race of the season? Yeah, so I really feel like the next one, whatever the next one is. Um, I'm excited about what we have going to Kentucky. Um, it's uh, real similar to what we had going to Michigan. I felt like what we had at Michigan was really good. We qualified up front at Michigan. Uh, we ran up front 
and challenged the lead laps there and, and then had some things not go our way towards the end of the race and uh, and fell back. But I felt good about our speed and the drivability in the car and all those things. Yeah. So I'm excited about Kentucky. Um, I don't even know, what is after Kentucky? Is it Loudoun? Yes. Yeah, yeah so I'm excited about yeah. Loudoun. Um, you know, our, our cars ran really good at, at Richmond. Uh, Boyer. Are you at? Typical driver, because drivers only know what the next race is. Oh, yeah. Well, you, don't, you, don't think, you don't think through it. You don't. <laughs> you don't. You've got to focus on the next race. You don't yeah. focus on two or three down the road. Well, you can ask my wife. I'm not a yeah. good multitasker. <laughs> I'm, I'm, an, I'm an exceptional. No, that was a great answer, man. I'm that an exceptional great. monotasker. I, I just need one task to focus on. And so this week, my task to focus on is Kentucky. Yeah. I'm going to write that down That's so Nate answer, Ryan man. can use that word, monotasker. That's That's All right. right. <laughs> we'll continue to chat with Eric and take your phone calls as well. But coming up next, our 50 states and 50 days tour goes to Montana, where we'll meet a special guest in Victory Lane that's very big and furry, and it's not Rutledge Wood. <laughs> Stay tuned. My track, my roots. My first memories of going to the racetrack are East Bay Raceway, uh, just outside of Tampa, Florida. My grandfather raced dirt sprint cars there. They would sneak me into the pits in the gooseneck of the trailer, and then they'd tell me to make sure I sat in the trailer or I was allowed to sit up on top of the trailer, but I couldn't walk around the pits. Some of my most fond memories are being on the four-wheeler with my dad, pushing my grandfather up to the, the grid. I loved watching my grandfather compete. Or after the event, going to get my picture made in victory lane, and I would stand up in the driver's seat He would sit on the left Nerf bar and we would drive it back to the tech shed with my dad on the four-wheeler pushing us back to the tech barn. It is so cool to look back yeah. at all of that, yeah. all that stuff. And by the way, your grandfather looks like he could race today. I he's mean, he does, 72. And that, and that amazes yeah. me. You say he's at the gym three times a week. Yeah. That's crazy. He's, he stays getting after He stays busy. Yeah. I, I yeah. think Which that helps. Good. But, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's me right there in Victory Lane. That was commonplace for me back then. <laughs> cool. And that's, uh, that's that is it, awesome. Yeah, that's when I first started. So, so without these days, are you a driver today? Without no. going to the racetrack with your grandfather, are you a driver today? No, absolutely yeah. not. I mean, I, I think it's... Personally, I think it's hard to have a passion for racing at a young age if your family's not interested in it. Yeah. When you're a kid, you're you're interested in whatever your family's interested by default, yeah. right? Like, and so for me, I you know I was at the racetrack from the time I was a little guy. Before I was even a year old, yeah. I was going to the racetrack. Um, and then as I was old enough to recognize what was going on and and want to be a part of it. Uh, they allowed me to be a part of it. I rode in the dually to the racetrack and hid in the trailer to make it yeah. into the pits and, and all those awesome. things. And so, yeah, that's, you know, for me, there's no way I'm a race car driver without growing up in the family like and, that. and that's a great point because we, we've done racing routes with a couple of people like Denny Hamlin. When Denny got interested, his whole family was in. Everybody. It's like well, you have pulled, to. Every, everybody and, pulled. And I think, that everybody that's, I think that's one of the things about racing that is both, you know, unique and challenging is that, any other sport, you can pick up. You can pick up a basketball yeah. and go play basketball. It doesn't cost anything, yeah. you know. True. You you can you can go pick up a, a baseball and go throw a baseball. It doesn't really cost anything. To be a, to be a race car driver, to to hobby race, yeah. yeah. 
it takes financial commitment. Yeah. Every time and you roll out of the garage, it's it costs cost money. It costs money. <laughs> and, and so you ha- your family has to buy in, yeah. literally has to buy in. And so I think that that's important. They, you know, you, it's hard to persuade mom and dad to yeah. to want to spend that money for you to go hobby race. Yeah. And so your family has to be interested and want to help yeah. you do it. And so for me, I was lucky enough to have a family that wanted me to do it. We're so excited about the My Track, My Roots campaign this summer. We want to hear your stories about your local short track where you first saw racing. And joining that today, Jeff Burton and Dale Earnhardt Jr. Let's check out Junior. Look at yeah. that white car. Love it. That Look at that uniform, too, by the way. That is <laughs> awesome right there. Dang, I hope he's still Myrtle got Beach that. Speedway. Here's Jeff Burton with his tweet today. Check that out so that hair. Nice. Ah, yeah. Eddie, you love that, I love you? that, man. That is you know he had to. You know he had to make sure his hair was right before yes. he put his helmet on, because exactly. otherwise it would be in his face. That's, so, man, that's a Kel great Yarbrough shot. Yeah. with the number eleven. Look those tires sure on you, that go kart. Make sure you use the hashtag my track my roots. We're excited to promote that all summer long with NASCAR. Our next stop in fifty states in fifty days brings us to the Big Sky Country, the state of Montana, and that's where you'll find Gallatin Speedway in the town of Belgrade. This dirt track opened in 1998. It hosts weekly racing from June through September. How about some of the celebrities who have raced there? Daytona 500 champ Austin Dillon has raced there, as well as MSNBC anchor and longtime NASCAR fan Brian Williams. So the track's signature event is actually this Friday night and Saturday. It is the Grizzly Nationals. And if you're lucky enough this weekend, you'll get to meet Adam. Yes, that is a live grizzly bear. (laughs) 900 pounds. Wow. In wow. the lane. Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. The dude, that. he is not moving. He's yeah, like, I'm not, not moving not for anything. Either. I'm not moving for anything, Eric. Look at that. Who's got the pepper spray? <laughs> oh, my gosh, man. Look at that. Yeah. That's crazy. That is so. Oh, oh no. Oh, I'm out. Oh, way. I'm out. A kiss yeah. from I'm the trophy girl. I'm out. Hey, but you got to. <laughs> about this if you've had oh, the guts to run on, run on the cushion oh, there, oh win, right? like you get that's, out of the race that's true. your yeah. adrenaline level still <laughs> yeah, really high like true. what I, great point that's a, a great nine, point a 900 pound bear so what I, yeah <laughs> i could not you do already that though you might as well that's kiss right. the bear that's the way that. it is that's right I'm sorry that might be worth second place right there <laughs> i just have to say really quick yeah. I know i'm gonna interject i know this is not on teleprompter <laughs> no, but i just have to say this is such a cool program um everybody everybody starts out not the bear the bear is not a cool program everybody starts out low Local short track racing, That's except right. Kyle Petty. Kyle Petty's yep. the only Sorry. person that out starts in the out at Daytona with a at win. Daytona. <laughs> by almost a lap. But, <laughs> but everybody, everybody that's, that's my home baseball. track. Daytona International Speedway, ladies and gentlemen. My you home went track. to short track yeah. with your dad. Nobody, oh, I, I, did. I did. Nobody yeah. that grows up playing baseball or nobody. Throws their first pitch <laughs> in oh, baseball at Yankee Park. Stadium. That's true. Right. That that's this, a great point. This guy's the only guy that starts out at Daytona. Hey, but everybody all, else starts we out. We all started at, it, you know, some, you know, most all of us started a short track somewhere. Absolutely. And that's where you caught the bug from, and that's yep. where everything. And then you look up that's to it. everybody in NASCAR, and they that's become exactly your heroes. Right. They that's come exactly by your local right. short track, that's and right. you think it's the best thing in the world. So, by the way, the Grizzly Bear got us thinking. What are some of the best live trophies in racing? Mm. Can you think of a couple? How about the oh. lobster? Oh, that's you petting that's the, me lobster. Petting the lobster. <laughs> Denny Hamlin oh. uh, does not like the lobster. Jimmy Johnson liked the lobster. Yeah, Denny's though. got some long word. Yeah, I can't Matt remember Kenseth what it is. enjoyed the lobster. Yeah, he, yeah. Here, <laughs> that's the best shot. Uh, that's the best yeah. shot. Uh, speaking of it. things I would run from in Victory Lane, the bear and oh the Oh, my fist. gosh. Look at, Look at yeah. that. Look at Kim, Kim Burton. Burton. Oh, my God. That is a real live rattlesnake, you everyone. You can't play Kim Burton moving away from that snake enough. Rattler 400, which Harrison Burton won. 
Kim wanted, nope. Look at the rattle shaking there. And then here it is from the Milk Bowl. You get a drink from the Milk Bowl, number one, at Thunder Road Speed Bowl. That's cool. Vermont, and you get a kiss from the cow. Oh. That's a good one. I don't know who was kissing who there. I, I mean, don't either, man. Wow. Wow. He was aggressive there, wasn't he? I hope my kids aren't watching. I know. I know, man. That's, that's we should parental guidance on Yeah, this. really, yeah. Just some live trophies. There you go. So we've gone from bears to cows. Uh, yeah. Coming up next on Motor Mouse, we've got more chat with Eric Almarola, including the story of his first ever car. He chats with Rutledge about that next. First car you ever owned? Oh, this is embarrassing. I had a 1989 or 1990 Maroon Nissan pickup truck. Like oh, just classic. the just the like single cab, like no. They call it that, wasn't extended cab. They call that the D21. Yeah, I would occasionally friends or the girl I was dating or whatever to embarrass them. I would sometimes have my helmet, my racing helmet or my go-kart helmet at the time, or my, my racing helmet, I would put that on when I was going to pick them up, like, hey, like, hey man, let's go, let's go get dinner or whatever. I would show up to their house and pick them up and have my racing helmet on. Driving, Slow truck with fast helmet, yes. right? That's a really yeah, good mix. I love, I love doing that. That's good. Uh, get out of here. That is not a true story. That Seriously, is a true, you do that. I like that. That is a true story. I, I have one other funny story about that truck. So I used to have to go out to my grandfather's go-kart track to earn my keep, and I used to have to pick up the garbage. So we'd, they'd race go-kart races yeah. on Saturday night. On Sundays, I'd have to go out there and pick up the garbage. So out there, they had he had fuel tanks for the tractor and the water truck and all that stuff. So one one day I went out there and picked up garbage, and then I figured I'd fill up my my <laughs> Nissan pickup truck with gas out of the uh -oh, fuel tank. Uh oh, uh -oh. Uh -oh. I see where this is going. Only uh -oh. problem is the diesel tank looked just <laughs> like the gas tank, <laughs> yeah. and so I filled my Nissan pickup truck no with way. diesel. And that worked out. Well, then I had to get, go in the tech barn and get all the tools out to take my fuel cell out of the Nissan yes. pickup truck, <laughs> drain it all, to, to dump it. all the diesel fuel yeah. out. Oh my and then gosh. Fill it up with gas. So Lesson learned. I got a lot of memories. Lesson with learned. You have some Kyle Petty-esque stories. Yeah, that is. You know, that's a Kyle Petty story. That's a Kyle Petty story. Speaking of telling stories about cars, you've got something cool going on a new yes. YouTube yeah. channel. Yeah. Tell me yeah, about I'm, it. I'm super excited about it. We're uh, I'm a pretty private guy, but um, we're letting people in just kind of behind the scenes to what goes on kind of in in my life and in in and around the racetrack. Um, just to give people a different perspective. I think a lot of people tune in and, and watch these shows and they watch yeah. the race on Sunday and they don't really know what goes into being a race car driver and, and the, the balance that you have to play between being a husband and a father and a race car driver. And you get pulled in a thousand different directions with sponsors and media and all these different things. And just giving people an idea of, of the effort and, and really what, yeah. what, what I put into being a race car driver. It's more than just flying in Sunday yeah. morning, driving the race car and then flying out. Yeah, that's cool. We can do, you know, NBCSN and NBC can do features on you guys, but to follow you yep. everywhere is something totally different because yeah. eventually the guard comes down yeah. and you just forget the camera's there. Yeah, so we've got, we've got literally one guy. Um, yeah. He's a young kid. He's 20 years old, um, going to Clemson University, and, and uh, he's, he's taking a little sabbatical from school, yeah. and, 
he's following me around and, and not every weekend. I think he's going two, two weeks a month, but yeah, we've got this series called beyond the 10. It's a YouTube series and, and we hope people subscribe and check yeah. it out. And it's fun. You know, it's, it's neat to give people that perspective. Um, and he does a great job. Like you can see right That's there, cool. he does a really great job with his editing and all the stuff that, uh, that he captures. And it's, it's neat. I think it gives people a really cool perspective and see, um, you know, just kind of what goes into, kind of everyday life for a race car driver. So not only are you busy with that, you were at Victory Junction last night, last right? Night. Last Hanging night. Out with yeah. this guy. I won't I get him. It. He's there. Yeah. He's driving the car, doing burnouts. That's cool. Yeah. I love uh, it. We've been doing that every year. Yeah. 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 So how, often, how often do you do that? Every year. So you've come every year. Yeah. Every yeah. year they do NASCAR yeah. Carnival Night, and uh, and I've, and I've and participated. And the team comes. Yeah. Yes. And I've, I've participated every year. I just really enjoy it, and I think it's – I leave there every time, and I know it's a selfless act, and I even said this um, on our social stuff today. I know it's a selfless act, but at the same time, it's almost selfish because yeah. I leave yeah. like feeling so much gratitude and my heart feels so good when I leave. Um, it's just so cool to go and see those campers and those kids that um, you know are, are hanging out with other kids that yeah. are going through the same stuff that they're going through and it makes them feel it makes them feel normal. It, it, and, and it is it's, a great place, but your yeah. pit crew looks good in boas. They do. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just want that. And, and that's, that's part of it for the yeah. kids, the way they dress up. You had on the little hat, they wear and, this and stuff. It, and it, you take it a little less seriously when yeah. you have a gold top hat <laughs> and, and pink boa on. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. Explain yeah. to so. us NAS Carnival night, Kyle. NAS Carnival, you saw the hot air balloons. Uh, a driver comes, Eric comes, um, and a, a team will come, whether it's Roush, whether it's Stuart Haas Racing came this week. Uh, they do a couple of pit stops, and then the crews and Eric, they just go with the kids. Yeah. They have cornhole, they have bubble <laughs> machines, they have Krispy Kreme is there making donuts, <laughs> and you saw the balloons, yeah. you go up for a balloon ride. I mean, they, it's, it's a awesome. carnival. It's My a carnival favorite thing. part is when dinner's over in the yeah. mess hall. And they start and dancing. And they dance start party. dancing dance and party. singing. That's like cool. it, it is, my daughter yeah. Abby went with us, and she was like, it's so loud. <laughs> it's and then loud. She, and then <laughs> she loud. got into it, and she's dancing and it's singing. It's cup racing loud. It is, it's yeah. really, really cool to Thank see the energy and the excitement with all those kids. Thank you and It's a lot of fun. Always awesome to see the drivers giving back to Victory Junction Gang Camp yeah. and always fun to be yeah, thank you, man. see what goes on yeah, there. Yeah, and uh, we really still cool. appreciate what's going on there. Well, coming up, we'll look ahead to this weekend's action at the Kentucky Speedway and the challenges that await Eric and the rest of the field, like turn three. Rain flag is in the air. We're racing at Kentucky. Outside even. Outside, tight right, tight right. Trouble! Kislowski goes around. Clint Boyer goes around. Jimmy Johnson got into the wall. One more time around as they wreck behind him. The caution has come out. Johnson, he gets sideways into Boyer. Ah. Get back after him, man. Damn it. Oh, and around goes the 21 Orion Blaney. Chase Elliott as well. Wow, no wonder Dale Jr. called it one of the most difficult corners in all of NASCAR on a conference call earlier this week. Turn three at Kentucky is a challenge. You agree that it's one of the most difficult corners in all of NASCAR? I do. It is so treacherous. Uh, the entry is the hardest part. It's so flat. The banking doesn't actually start till almost the middle of the corner. So you enter the corner going so fast because turn one and two has a ton of banking. So you drive you know, through turn one and two so fast and you go down the back straightaway and your highest, your highest speed on the whole track is before you let off the gas to get into turn three and it has virtually no banking at all. So it is a very, very challenging corner. 
I think for the drivers, that's something they're probably not looking forward to no. this new package, Kyle. No, no, no. And this weekend, they've added a ton of PJ1 to the racetrack. Which is going to change. Which will and change. the tire yeah. dragon as well. I yeah, mean, no. you can see the difference on the racetrack where they've laid all this, and it's going to be a ton of grip, Eric. Yeah, I think that's going to change things a lot. Um, used to the guy that was on the outside yeah. getting down, especially on restarts, getting down in a turn three, you had to be right down on the yellow line to, to for the fastest, you know, for yeah. the most grip and to yeah. get around there the fastest. So the guy on the outside was at such a disadvantage that he just hung right on the door yeah. of the guy on the inside. Now with the PJ1 there, it might allow the second and third mm. groove to come it's in. It's going to be interesting. And I think, I think yeah. it Fun. won't be as much of a demand to be on that guy's it's door. It's going to be interesting with this package running wide open through one and two with yes. the banking that you yeah. have. Having a lift yeah. and three Not and knowing four. where to get into three and four yeah. or to three. And now with the PJ1 and the tire drag with all that stuff, it's like... And they changed it. everything. Fun. That means <laughs> it changed everything. That means we get means to drive the car. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Which is, which is true for you True. Guys. All right. We want to grab some phone calls here. We'll start with Fred calling us from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Fred, what's on your mind today? Hey, how you all doing tonight? Good, man. Good. It's a real pleasure and uh, be on the line with all three of you guys. So just want to mention that. They told me to be real quick. So here it is, Eric. <laughs> Kyle gets mad if you don't. <laughs> Eric. On a scale of 1 to 10, in complete honesty, how much pressure are you feeling to be the first Stuart Haas driver to break through Ooh, with a victory yeah. this season? Uh, a 5. Uh, just, I want to win for me. I put yeah. pressure on myself to win. I want to win for Smithfield. I want to win for Ford. I want to win for our organization. But as far as be, caring about wanting to be the first one, I don't. I don't really care about that. It wouldn't matter to me if it was if if everybody else had already won every single race there was to win. I would still have the same amount of pressure that I put on myself to go win. So, um, you know, I th I think from that aspect, I don't. I don't really look into it that much. I just want to win, regardless of of where we're at as an organization. Let's go to Roger in Cincinnati. Roger, we're headed your way this weekend. Hope you're yes. going to the racetrack as well. Yeah. What's on your mind? Eric, I just wanted to ask you one thing. Uh, after your accident, was there ever a time when you thought that you would never get back in a race car? And if so, what was the turning point? Yeah, so when I was in the infield care center that night, uh, I knew something was really, really bad wrong with my back, and I didn't know what. Obviously, there was no x-ray machine there. Um, and then, you know, just the severe amount of pain that was in my back. I knew something was bad wrong. They had to load me up in a helicopter, which is never a good way yeah, to leave the race. Not a good track. sign. Not um, a good sign. so yeah, so for that, that time frame from the time the wreck happened till the time I was at Kansas City University Hospital, um, and got the, the results from the x-ray, there was a three to four hour window there where I didn't know what was wrong with me and I didn't know if I'd ever be yeah. able to race again. Yeah. And then to find out that I was literally, you know, a quarter of an inch away from having that vertebrae slip into my spinal cord mm. and, and be yeah. paralyzed from basically the chest down, um, there, was, there was some scary moments yeah. there. So yeah, there was a time that I, I wasn't sure but then, literally, the next morning, I woke up, and when the, when I met with the doctors, my first questions were, when can I get back in a race car? Um, and they're like, whoa, 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 slow down. So, yeah, um, there was a brief window where I was not sure, and then immediately it shifted focus to, what do I need to do? How quick can I be back in a race car? Boy, we're certainly thankful you're yeah. okay. And the yeah, determination yeah. you showed in that process to get back, all the rehab, all the rehab you did was, was amazing and an inspiration yeah, to a yes. lot of people. Yeah, it so took a lot. I know people still yeah. talk yeah. to you about that to this day. Yeah. So let's go to Wisconsin where we'll hear from Mike. Mike, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. First of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Yeah, man. Okay, yeah, man. Eric, con- congratulations on landing this um, relationship with Stuart Haas, man. This is possibly your best opportunity for a championship, obviously. Okay, that being said, let's fast forward to Daytona next year, okay? Um, this year, of course, being the last one, July 4th weekend, whatever. But we got these underfunded teams. We just saw a guy win the race, you know, and it was a crew chief call to stay out. But let's go to that cutoff race. It's going to be for points. It's going to be for a chance for a championship. Mm-hmm. How intense is that going to be? Just <laughs> not just for the driver, but for the yeah, crew chief, yeah. the spotter, to see where everyone's at. I mean, how intense is that going to be? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was asked a lot. The, a lot of the media was asking leading into this weekend, uh, this past weekend at Daytona, like, you know, is it sentimental for you? And for me growing up in Florida, going, you know, to the Firecracker 400 back in the day and like just 4th of July being consistent with Daytona. I like, the like that. The they, man. 4th of July <laughs> yeah. and Daytona go hand in hand yeah. for me, you know, from for 35 years. So um, that it is going to be different, you know, going down there and in, in, is it last week of August now? Yeah. So I think yeah. that that's I think that's going to be really different. But what I think is going to be the most different is the drama that it adds yes. to television. You know, just the amount of of just hail marys that are going to be thrown. <laughs> but because right now, you know, in July, you there's we still you can seven, recover. there's still you can seven recover. or eight weeks. Yeah. So guys that are that are feel like they're close on points, like they're not throwing major hail marys. Guys that are way out in points, yeah, they're they are. Um, but now when it's the last race, you yeah. basically are going to show up to Daytona knowing if you're in or out and if you're out, you're going to do whatever it takes. So I think, I think the racing will be even more insane, which if that's possible, I don't know, but I think it will be. And I think the drama is just going to be way, way, way more. Yeah. Well, the lines are still jammed. Yes. So just hang on with us and then don't, don't hang up because we will be to all the calls on our post show and we'll yeah. get to all that when Nate Ryan joins us. And speaking of Nate Ryan, he'll be up next with your Twitter feedback with the hashtag Let Me Say This. Let me say this, people. Let me say this. Now I'm going to say this. Let me say this. Then I'm going to say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Sorry, caller. I'm going to say this. No, let me say this. Hey, Kyle, let somebody else talk for once. But I'm telling you something. But I'm going to tell you. And listen. Man, you talk a lot. I will say it forever. I love that, man. I love getting the drivers involved. They enjoy making fun of you. Uh, Greetings to Nate Ryan. Greetings. Who joins us? No jacket today, Nate. No jacket. I'm very disappointed. Super cash. Uh, It is time for Let Me Say This, which is sweeping NASCAR America this week. Second installment. We had it on Monday as well. We did. And, yes, uh, moment number two. You're yes, sure, got wow. the second one. We've got lots of comments here for Eric Almarola, starting with hashtag, let me say this, James Picarito at RacerBoy90 wants to know, what track before the playoffs do you think is going to be the most challenging? Wow. Um, Watkins Glen, I think, will be interesting. Um, you mean for me or for I guess the field? Either or. For me, yeah. for me, I would say Watkins Glen. It's, it's a place that I have uh, put a lot of effort and focus in trying to get better at. Okay. Keith Merrick wants to know, hashtag let me say this, which of the next eight races will be the biggest wild card? Still the Glen? Mm. Um, maybe the Glen. There's always opportunity for strategy at the Glen. Bristol. But yeah, I think Bristol will be. Uh, Every race can't be a wild card, yeah. people. Just right. get off. Every race can't be a wild <laughs> yeah. card. Uh, hashtag God. let me say this, Andy Young wants to know, uh, he's from Lakeland. 
Uh, what was your first streetcar, and uh, where do you go for the best Cuban sandwich in oh, the Tampa Bay area? Yeah, you saw the streetcar. So that all was street awesome. Cars. So, yeah. Andy, if you watched 30 minutes ago, you'll you'll have yeah. the answer to that. Hopefully, yeah. you watched it. And uh, favorite favorite place that. to go get a Cuban sandwich would be West Tampa Sandwich Shop, uh, right off of uh, Armenia. Right in, uh, in, in wow. Tampa, Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good to know. So, uh, presidents have gone there to go get a Cuban sandwich. Whoa. Hashtag, let me say this, at uh, Macintosh8bit wants to know, do you think that Kurt Busch leaving the team had any negative impact on overall performance? That's, that's really tough to answer. I think so much has changed yeah. within just the rules and the car and everything. It's, it's really hard. Kurt was valuable. He had a lot of valuable input. Um, I know some of the cabinet doors and the haulers are appreciative that uh, he might not be there. But, um, but yeah, he was. He That's was, the line of the night yeah, right there. Especially last week. week. He was, he was Rewind a good teammate. and watch. He was a good teammate. He's very methodical, and when he talks when he talks about the race car, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. First of many appearances for Eric Almirola yes. on the show. You want to come back and do this, by the I way? I do. I'm that ready. That was a lot of fun, didn't <laughs> Watch we? Watch on a YouTube channel. When can I come back? Uh, a couple weeks. All right. We'll, we'll talk. Uh, coming up on the YouTube channel, catch us there. Emsa Watkins, Glenn, Lamborghini, Trofeo. Paul Tracy's in that race. Can't wait. He's coming up right now. We'll see you on YouTube. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.